And our kids are different than us. That's hard. You know, we'd love our kids to do our thing and be like us. And in some ways they are, but in shocking and lots of different ways, they aren't. And that's God's design. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So rather than putting on our path or our job or the way we did it to be open to who they are, who God's made them to be in their path. It's it's hard to do because it requires stepping out of our own mindset sure. and bias. And but it's incredible to mm. see our kids become who who they are, different from us. It's awesome. Welcome to the Stewardship Podcast, where we help you understand that stewardship is about more than just finances. Today, we're talking yet again about helping our kids with this decision about college. My name is producer Daniel, and I am joined today by Marshall Tag. Howdy. Hi, Marshall. You've been on the podcast before. I have. It's been a while. Yeah. Uh, but we invited you on the show uh, because you have worked at colleges before. That's right. And so you know all the secrets about <laughs> how to know if it's a good school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all the secrets. All of them. <laughs> all of them. That's right. Yeah. And uh, we also invited uh, Mr. Jean Klinkhammer to the show. Hey, Daniel. Hey, welcome back. Thank um, you. You've been on the show before as well. And uh, can you remind us about what you do here at Stewardship? Because you're you're here all the time. And uh, I'm a squatter. Yeah. <laughs> Sleep in the office. Yeah, uh, we all do. Um, but you you work in the office, but you don't specifically work at Stewardship per se. And so that can get a little confusing. <laughs> <laughs> I am uh, involved in Stewardship Realty. Yeah. And so I'm the designated broker and uh, an owner there. And then we run two real estate funds out of the office. Uh, they are helping investors in- increase the joy of real estate investing. And we do that by making hard money loans and building rental properties. And so it's an opportunity to take the benefits of real estate and provide in a fund aspect for those uh, investors who want that. Right. So that you don't have to buy a whole property necessarily to yeah. invest in real estate. Yep. Buy into a fund. There you go. Nice. But that doesn't have anything to do with college. Not really. But <laughs> Not really. it can because you could potentially use real estate investing funds to pay for college if that is a route you want to go. But the reason we've invited you onto the show is because you have two kids, uh, one who is past the uh, the college decision age and one who's right in the midst of it. Right in the midst. Yeah. And you, uh, we were discussing the topic of choosing college and a conversation that you had with Marshall mm-hmm. came up. And so we wanted to sort of share the major points of that conversation and yeah. and really share both of your insight on this topic because it's it's a big deal. Helping your kid choose what college to go to, how do you decide if college is right? It's a big deal and it's something we don't want to get wrong. Um, so yeah, we wanted to hear your wisdom. It's a big deal. It's very stressful. It's a difficult time for parents and for children and it's also pretty exciting. Yeah, Mar- overwhelming. Mar- Marshall yeah. helped me not go completely crazy and <laughs> Talked me off the cliff a few times. So. Yeah, that was it, good. Appreciate it, that, Marsh. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Uh, it's it's overwhelming. I mean, uh, what's the first step? What's the second step? Uh, I, you know, it's it's hard to uh, know where to go and what to do and what questions to ask and who who to seek and and uh, it's it's it, it can be overwhelming and then frustrating and then sometimes it's just like you know what, forget it, <laughs> forget it. So yeah, this is fun. This will be fun to. Uh, to to talk about and discuss and see if we can help some people. Yeah, but and parenting is probably the biggest area of stewardship, one of the bigger areas of stewardship in our life. You know, we've been entrusted with our kids mm-hmm. by God to take care of them and to guide them. And by the time they're 17, 18, it's, our, our role isn't to tell them exactly what to do anymore. And so how do we then steward this process as parents? Um, 
something uh, I'm really grateful to have you guys here for. So, Jean, you you have two kids, mm-hmm. and they made different decisions when it comes to, to schooling. Totally opposite. Yeah. So tell me a little bit about that. Yeah. Yeah. I'll start with David, our eldest. Um, first of all, the background, I went to college because like most people my age, it's just that's what your parents said you do. You graduate, you go to college. It's what you do. I literally never never considered there was any alternative. It was like just a matter of which college you're going mm-hmm. to. So naturally, I put that upon my son, right? So I'm like, son, you got to get great grades. I just told him the same thing that we many people have believed, which is you got to get great grades, and then you get a scholarship, and that will get you into college. Right. Well, God gave us a son who doesn't like traditional school and didn't have great <laughs> grades. And David wouldn't mind me saying that. He, he's smart as a whip. He could crush some tests, but he, doesn't, he didn't do homework. So his grades were terrible. So I had this idea that I thought was brilliant at, a time, at the time, and it was a total disaster. And my, I'm glad you see that as a blessing. <laughs> it actually is. It's amazing. How he's wired is incredible. Uh, and so here's the idea that I thought was going to work so great. It was, in my mind, simple economic thing. I'm going to pay my kids for grades. It's going to be so amazing because David <laughs> is going to want to get the money. And so he's going to get great grades and it's going to help my daughter. And it totally backfired for two funny different reasons. <laughs> uh, with my daughter, who we'll talk about later, I realized she gets good grades no matter what. And I could have said, I'll pay you to not get A's. And she'd have been like, nah, I don't want that money. I got to get A's. So it was a waste <laughs> of money to pay that for her because she's just wired. She's going to get great grades. For David, it backfired for a totally different reason. He wasn't taking the money. So we're giving all this money to Abby for her grades. Great grades. That's awesome. It's been helpful for college. But David was like, yeah, no, I'm not doing that. And finally, I'm just like, son, you got to help me with this. Like, why won't you take the deal? Why won't you take the money? Look at your sister. She's killing it. You know, she's rolling a dough. This is awesome. And he goes, dad, I've realized that I can just phone it in and get a C. Like I can literally show up to school and I can get a C. I can pass a test. I can do the stuff. And he goes, I can work hard and get a B. You're not paying for Bs. You're only paying for A's. I could absolutely get A's. I could get straight A's. And I knew he was telling the truth. Like, he could get it. He just goes, I've just calculated how much time and energy it would take to do it and divided by the hours. And he was doing this other thing, Children's Business Fair, which we've mentioned before. He was yeah. selling mangoes. And he would make like 400 bucks in a day. So he was making like, in his mind, he's making like 50, 60 bucks an hour, kind of when he does this out. Doing he's, his efficient. Own he's efficient. He's very efficient. Yeah. And so it's like, Dad, your, your offer for A's, it's, <laughs> it's not good. I'm going to focus on the mangoes and make way more money. So, wow. so I'm both very angry at my Myself and him and disappointed and sad. And I'm also incredibly proud because he's making a business, an adult efficiency decision about value and focus. And it wasn't the result I wanted, but I was really thankful that he was actually processing that through and looking at it. And he was motivated to produce value in the world and be rewarded for it financially. He just had figured out a better way than what I had offered. And ultimately, that's the short story of what he did with college. He found a better way to do it. It was amazing. And it wasn't super intentional. Uh, you want me to dive into that? Yeah. Okay. So the first thing that was intentional is we said, son, you should do a gap year. So instead of going directly from high school to college, take one year and go work. And you're going to work five different jobs, okay? Different industries, different stuff. They'll be like internships. Some might be free, unpaid, and some will be paid, but you're going to get great job experience. And all I did is I copied a friend of mine. One of my mentors did this with his son. His son ended up working for me as one of his gap year things. It was a brilliant idea. I saw how much this young man matured, grew, learned. He got exposure to different industries. And um, then he went to college and he had all this real world experience going into college. So he knew a lot more. Too many kids go into college 
and they think, oh, I like animals. I should be a vet or whatever. They have no <laughs> idea what vets do or what it's like or what, right. you know, or they think I want to do X, Y, Z because I saw a TV show or my parents say you make a lot of money or whatever. And they just truly have no idea. Job experience, work experience is so critical. Yeah, this gap year thing, I, didn't, I hadn't heard of it until probably 10 or 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, and I don't know when it started, but I, it, it's more of a newer thing, yeah. um, you know, last 10 or 15 years. And uh, what a great option. What yeah, a great option for people amazing. that, that kind of don't know what to do yet, you know, and want to experience some things but don't want to make maybe make the commitment for college. But um, th- they're just trying to, to seek some answers, seek some things out, and, and, and figure out before they make a commitment. What a, yeah. what a great option. And even some of the gap year things could literally be a job shadow. Just go work with Daniel for a few hours. Go work with Marshall. Go work with your mom for a few hours. Just literally I, see. I went to college uh, and uh, got a teaching degree. And so many teachers get teaching degrees right. before they step foot in the classroom as a right. teacher. And they're like, you know, they step foot in the, you know, they're, they're doing their student teaching. And they're like, yeah. oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> Honestly, it's one of the biggest advice I give any kid is get some work experience. And more yeah. importantly, if you think you're going to go to college, you're going to pick a major before you do that. Just go spend a few right. hours. Right. It shocks me how often people go just literally spend an hour or two and go, you know what? Maybe I wouldn't like this. Oh, this is actually what you do every yeah. day? And sometimes it confirms it. And then they go, right. I love that. This is awesome. So now they're going back into school or, or that major going, I know what that feels like. Yeah. I was in an office. I saw it. So it'll either talk you out of it or talk you into it, both of which are helpful. Yeah. Thankfully, I had a mentor my senior year of high school that invited me to his work um, at a big company here in, in Arizona. And because um, uh, I was looking at going down the same road he did. I was looking at business and finance and, you know, this sort of thing. And that's what he did. I was like, oh, great. Let's go check it out. So I went to work with him and sat in his cubicle all day while he was working on a project. I'm like, this is this is what I'm going to do with my finance degree? Like, yeah, you're going to sit here in a cubicle and work on these projects, you know, all day, every day, and this is it. And the money was good, but I, I was like, it took me one day. I'm like, I'm not doing that. Mm-hmm. I'm not doing that. And I'm so thankful for that experience because I would have went down that road and um, maybe I had to make a pivot many years down the road yeah. than, than that day. And the benefit in a gap year can be skill and work specific like what we're talking about, but there's also a lot of other soft stuff. Do I want to work at a small yeah, company, yeah. a big company? Do I want a boss who's like this or like this? Yeah. Do I want to work on a small team, a big team? Do I want to work – I mean, think about the difference of working for a small business where you're working on a lot of different tasks or a giant company where your work is very focused and siloed. Uh, Do I want to work in a – there's just all kinds of things that just literally spending a few minutes, a couple hours in a place, you're learning things that, number one, they may not be teaching in college. And number two, they might say in a classroom and you're like, just glazes over. But when you spend a few hours there that you actually learn. I'm a Christian financial advisor, and these are eight things I teach my kids about money. Spoiler alert, it's not about budgeting. I focus on teaching them the values that will help them be wise throughout the rest of their life. One, think about others, not just yourself. Two, don't blame your problems on others. Take responsibility and keep going. Three, find needs and be confident when filling those needs. Four, when you earn money, divide it into three categories give, save, and spend. Five, always give first. This gives purpose to generating income. Six, save second. Savers are more successful with money. Seven, don't spend more than what's left over after giving and saving. And eight, don't ask for things. Find ways to earn them through hard work. The bottom line with these eight things, 
be others focused and take ownership. So the gap year, David did a great job, lined up a bunch of great grab stuff, and that yeah. year was 2020. And so then we had our fun little friend COVID came to town in March 2020, yeah. and most of his gap year stuff blew up. Oh, man. So um, that was heartbreaking. Now, at the time, he was interested in cybersecurity. And the other great thing he did that I'd recommend to parents is when he was interested in cybersecurity, we said, hey, son, please go talk to a few people that are in the field of cybersecurity and ask them some advice. So he did. He went and it was like, wasn't really a job shadow. It was just literally, can I take you to coffee and ask you a couple questions or just a phone call? Mm. And those people in cybersecurity said, far better than a college degree, go get these industry certificates. We didn't even know what that was, but it's that companies like Microsoft and um, tech companies, I'm spacing all the names of the others, uh, <laughs> will, you can just pay them and do a couple week course and get a certificate that certifies you in a very industry specific. Now, this is mostly in the tech world, there's, there's, but anyways, in tech. And so he asked a bunch of people and there was one certificate that rose up above all the others for cybersecurity. It was called CompTIA+. And it was a couple hundred bucks. And so he did that and got it. And that got him a great internship in the tech world. It was a company called Team Logic IT. So they hired him literally because he had this CompTIA Plus. It was a couple hundred bucks. You don't need a $100,000 college degree. It was like a couple hundred bucks. And he knocked out in a couple weeks. It sounds like it was the kind of school he's good at because it's just showing up to yes. class and then taking a test. That's right. <laughs> he didn't have to sit in long lectures. He right. could self-study, self-pace it, and crush a test. So it was great insight, Daniel. He's not a traditional classroom kind of learner where my daughter is. He's more like, I want to learn on my own. I want to learn at my own pace. I want to do it and mm -hmm. I want to crush the test. I can show you I learn it. But if you make me do homework and write papers about it and right. sit in a classroom, he's gone. Like mm -hmm. it's just, it's not how he learns. And so one of the big things we have to do that's really hard is we have to get to know our kids and not all kids learn the same. And the traditional classroom education mm -hmm. system is set up for certain type of kids to learn. They, they thrive in it. Meet the standards. But there's lots yeah. of other kids who are great learners and great talents, they just aren't wired for that method of learning. Mm -hmm. And thankfully, now with online education and videos and YouTube and all this stuff, there's there's lots of other ways you can learn and you can learn on the job. And it's hard because I think as parents, we want it simple. Everybody go to college. Right, and, right. and so anyways, um, COVID blew up the internships or almost the gap year, but the one that was good the one that stayed, he started working full time and then they started paying him for certificates. Hey, get this next one. We'll give you a cash bonus. We'll give you a raise every time you get a certificate. I mean, he was just knocking these out. Wow. And again, for his style of motivation learning, he was seeing the time energy return. Whereas if he would have been in four-year college, he would have said, when's the return on this investment? Mm -hmm. Like, I just know how he's wired. It wouldn't have worked. But this was very tangible knock out this thing. Here's your raise. Here's your new thing. It, he just flew through them and it was a great job experience. And, um, and then he found this online thing. It was called IX. Um, you could look it up on, on the internet, IX. And it was like a, it was like an internship gap year school. It caught his eye because it was in South Africa and it was in data analytics, business intelligence, a field he wanted to get into. And it was very specific education. It wasn't it was classroom, but it was by people who work in the industry, and it was actually venture capitalists who were trying to create a pipeline of new employees, and they said, we can make like an eight-week course and like take someone who has aptitude for this, and we can teach them data analytics in eight weeks using real-world problems. So instead of some theoretical classroom problem, it was like real-world African data problems they needed help with. 
And so we said, hey, since you're not going to college, we'll we'll pay for you to go do that thing because it looks super helpful for you. The you know, so he did it, and then he gets this new job, Sun Construction, amazing company, and they go, we need you to learn that. We'll pay for it. We'll pay for you to go to South Africa. Now, also the other great thing about IX for those who have kids who are high adventure, like my son, they were going to be skydiving, shark <laughs> diving in cages, going to wine country in Africa, mm-hmm. hiking, adventuring, mm-hmm. and they packaged all that like in a little three month thing right. or two month thing, and so that was like just a no brainer. Right. And so the, these gap year things, they they they're very creative. Yeah. Uh, they're they're not boring. Um, they're fun. They're they're action packed. They're yeah. I mean, uh, there's so many different experiences that you yeah. get from them. Yeah. Um, there's faith based ones yes, like yeah. World Race. Yeah. There's others that are like more discipleship gap year kind of stuff, yeah. but they also work jobs in specific tech yeah. stuff. Mm-hmm. And for again, for kids who are travelers or just want the adventure. There's lots of new stuff out there. Um, most of it you've got to pay something for. But frankly, everything I've looked at is less than a year of college, right. right, in terms of value. And if they're working in great community, Marsh, you were talking about one of the things you do get from college is community and friendships and growth right. and maturity. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's worth that's worth for parents sure. deciding. If my yeah. kid isn't going to go traditional college, where are they going to get that? And right. But I think gap years can provide a very focused, high-quality community uh, there's a group called Torchbearers that mm-hmm. does Bible discipleship school. Right. I have friends who've done that, seen amazing results. Mm-hmm. They're all around the world, and their student can go and get immersed in a biblical worldview. And so there's all kinds of opportunities out there that are alt-college, but really good. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And really the paradigm shift for me is I think many parents just need to broaden the scope of what's possible yeah. and what's available. Yeah. And what's acceptable. Yeah. Right? Like we I, I fully agree that so many parents just want a simple path for yeah. our kids. And and even me as a when I was a kid trying to decide college, I spent my gap year, quote unquote, at community college never picking a major because I didn't know what I liked. I didn't yeah. know what I was good at or what I could try. And yeah. And so I would say that was the wrong way to do it. <laughs> and and a quick note from the parenting and the emotion. When David first started looking like he wasn't gonna go to college, it was really hard on my wife and I because mm. we were raised in the mindset that's what you do and mm-hmm. you're not loving your kid if you don't get him to college. That's literally what I believed in my core. Mm. And so now all of a sudden my son, who I love, is going this path that feels in total conflict with everything I've been raised in. Yeah. And we felt torn emotionally. Like it was really hard. And it took me a period of a year to two to kind of mentally, emotionally get comfortable with this is his path. And not only is it acceptable and okay, it actually could be great. And Hmm. and now, this is a few years, of course, it's been the last three years of this journey of it. Now I would say it's great. It's been better. Traditional college would not have been good for him. But at the time, it was really hard because – and funny enough, he's got a mentor and a boss, a a great person at the company he's working at now who's trying to make him get a college degree. And I think (laughs) – and some of it's like really good. and But some of it I think might just be that. Like we're still stuck in that mindset. And David, frankly, is just kind of fighting it. He's like, hey, I'm learning. And, you know, maybe he, he actually figured out how to get an MBA without a bachelor's. That's another hack that you can do if you have a couple job uh, years job experience wow. and you can pass a graduate exam, which David can do. You can go get a master's and skip your bachelor's. But even then, David's looking at it now and going, I can get all these certificates. I got job experience. What's the value of a master's if I'm already doing all this stuff and learning it in the field? And now I just – now I'm a full believer. I went from like, oh, this is terrifying no. to now I'm, I'm full in. This path is not for everybody. Just like college is not for everybody. But each kid is different. And figuring out 
How are they going to learn? Where are they going to thrive? How are they going to get job experience, community, maturation, life skills? It's it's different for every kid. Every kid's different, just like we're all different. Yeah, I, I want to just validate that for all the parents whose kids are deciding against college. Yeah, it can feel scary. And it's okay to be nervous about that. But also that's part of kind of letting go and letting them start to make dis- decisions, potentially make mistakes, and see them through it. And I think our role as parents, and I'm sure you and your wife were thinking, this might be a mistake, and how are we going to then show up for him to support him in the mistake? And thankfully, that isn't what ended up happening. It wasn't a mistake. Yeah. So, well, I think cool. thankfully too, the the decision that's made at that point in time, you know, graduate high school, make a decision, go, may or may not be a mistake, but it's not that you can't change. You know, right. maybe you go to college, mistake. Now we don't. Maybe we go to gap year, mistake. Yeah, no, we don't like it's yeah. it's I don't want to call it a mistake. It's a learning experience yeah. and it can be shifted and moved and and, and that sort of thing. Um, but with the understanding that uh, all kids are different um, and there's a lot of things that go into that. And like you said, Daniel, let's look at our options. Let's look at our options and be knowledgeable and, and um, be open to them. I, I think it's a big deal. You you help me with that, Marsh, sometimes, too, to say, yeah, of course, you're trying to make a good decision. But you, sometimes you get to a new place out of state. My daughter's going out of state. She might get there and, like, go, oh, this really is different. You know, like, yeah. it's not the end of the world. It's always yeah. good to go in with a mindset of here's what we're doing. It's a big commitment. But, like, these things can all be changed and shifted. And if my son wants to go back to school later, every employer he's worked at has said, we'll gladly pay for you to go back to school at some point, do it part-time or whatever. Mm-hmm. So you mm-hmm. – I think sometimes as parents, we worry that this decision is going to set the course right, for the rest of their right. life and it's just done. Right, it's right. it's win or lose for the rest of their life right, right now. And Success so, is based on Some decisions that, yeah. are life and death, yeah. but but let's ease back a little bit. And I think we we as parents, the mistake I know I've made is we just put too much pressure, too much weight on stuff. It's not helpful to us as a parent. It's not helpful to our kids. When our kids feel that pressure, you see it with athletes. Yeah. We've seen it. When the kid feels the pressure of the whole world rides on me on this thing – it's, for most kids, that's not a very helpful it's thing. Tough. It doesn't yeah. help them thrive. Yep. Yeah. And so kids being different uh, brings us to our next sort of area. Your daughter chose the college route. She did. Uh, but if I have my, my story straight here, you were trying to help her decide which schools to look at, which school to choose. Yeah. And was it between in-state and out-of-state, or was she looking at maybe Christian colleges versus non-Christian colleges? Yeah. Yeah. Well, first we told her, same as David, you can do a gap year. Like we'd love to support Mm -hmm. you in a gap year. She was kind of like, I, first of all, she's an athlete and that really was a big driver in her decision. Mm -hmm. So she's playing college volleyball and she fell in love with volleyball and she's all about volleyball. She plays volleyball 24 seven. No, not quite. (laughs) Just feels like it. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that became a big driver for her. Uh, But, but gap year just wasn't as appealing to her. Now I'm still pushing her to go do some job shadows, like do Mm -hmm. some, and she's worked a lot. She's worked since she was 14 or 15. Mm -hmm. And that's been great. Really shaped her a ton. Um, so, but gap year wasn't as big of a deal for her. We said, hey, you can go straight into the workforce if you want. You can do certificates like David. And partly because of volleyball, partly because she is a good classroom learner. She got straight A's. She thrives in the classroom. She listens well to lecture. So David's more like, don't tell me what to do. Tell me what we're trying to accomplish. I want to figure out how to get there. That's how he's wired. Mm. Abby's much more wired. Like, I'd really like you to show me the 20-step process and I'll knock that. Give, give me that. my syllabus. I will <laughs> knock that out the park, right? And I, so I'm pushing her to learn the other thing. And then David sometimes has to kind of understand, sometimes you have to follow the people's 20-step process, you know? Like right. you can't just make up everything on, you know? So both kids on different ends of the spectrum 
kind of have – they're playing to their strengths, but they also sometimes have to learn the other side. Totally. So for Abby, it was much more traditional college. She wanted to play volleyball. She said when she was 13 or 12, I want to play D2 volleyball someday. Like mm. that was her goal and that's wow. what she's doing. She's going to a school in Georgia and we're super proud and excited for her. So we knew it was traditional college by this point. We knew for her it was going to be driven by volleyball. What offers was she going to get? And she got three. She could have got probably more others, but it just be, the, the decision <laughs> fatigue overload Marshall and I were talking about. At some point, you just get tired and you're like, okay, we, we've got some options here. One was in-state, and and initially I was super excited about the in-state one because this is my baby girl. I'd right. rather keep her close. She's got a great job. She's connected at a local church. I'm like, why would we mess that up? Why would we send her out of state and I can't protect her and I can't, you know, like all these mm-hmm. things. And thankfully, a good friend of mine at church, actually Abby's pediatrician, goes, I think out of state is really good. I think Abby should go, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and another mentor and friend of mine was like, yeah, you got to go out of state. You got to let her grow up. And so that started pushing on why do I want her in state so bad? And there were some good reasons, but some of it was like more of the control in me and letting it be about yeah, me. And I think back to some of our conversations um, a while back about that. And my my advice or my thought was just go experience. Yeah. Just go visit. That's right. Just just check things out because yeah. um, you never know. Yeah. You never know. And it, and it, and it gives you a gauge. It gives you yeah. a, uh, you know, something to compare, you yeah. know, and that sort of thing. And, and, you know, it's not just out of state, but big schools, small yeah. schools, you know, in-state schools, out-of-state schools. But a lot of times um, when it comes to picking schools, um, we look at what's on paper on a right. website yeah. and think that's good or that's yeah. bad, where you, you, there's so much value in going and experiencing yeah. um, and and learning from one school to the next. Similar to the gap year thing, right? And go job shadow and spend an hour in a job environment. So Marshall encouraged that. So we went to out-of-state schools, in-state schools. We went to Christian. We went to public. We went um, small school, big school. We, you know, all in all, I think six or seven schools. And three, we really deeply toured. And early on, she started seeing, yeah, this is not really my jam. Um, mm-hmm. And one challenge for her is she plays uh, sports at a 6A school in, in Phoenix. For those who aren't familiar with that, that's big schools. Like her high school's 4,000 students, right? And then she would go to some colleges. Marshall and I were laughing about this. Well, some colleges don't have athletic facilities as nice as what the, mm-hmm. you know, the big divisions, very, public schools. Very common in small yeah. colleges across the country. So that's, you know, just kind of literally getting a feel for that. You know, where's the campus? What's the travel like? What's the weather like? What's the coaches like? What's the culture? She learned a ton about culture and volleyball from playing sports and from work. She's had a good work, work culture, but she's also had some volleyball coaches that she's had challenges with, and she's had times with drama with kids and stuff. So she she's learned through experience what makes a good culture, and that mm-hmm. was a big deal. Yeah. What are the kids like? And so the la- the school she ended up picking, she got to practice with the players on their team, spend the night in the dorms, hang out with some kids overnight, and ultimately that was one of her deciding factors. Is She said, I, I know the kids. I know the coaches. Mm-hmm. I've spent some time with them. I have a feel for what that's like and what their culture is like. Well, you just said the word feel. I mean, that's something that – uh, you can't really describe or put into words all the time, especially if you don't go to a place, but the feel you get on campuses, uh, I'm not saying you base a decision off it, but there are uh, these feelings that you get when you're on a campus, and sometimes they're good, sometimes they're not, but um, oftentimes they're developed through the people that are there. 
Um, and and that's that's a really unique thing. And, and again, if you don't take the time um, and resources to go visit, um, you know you you, you you can't experience that. You can't feel that. And and I think that impacts your decision. Yeah. into the decision for a Christian school or a not? Uh, <laughs> Will my child be totally safe and fine yeah. and all good to go at a Christian school? I think the, the, the easy answer is that's different for every kid. Mm-hmm. And I, I think some of that is, you know, what what does my kid need? Does he need more of the discipleship, mentorship, you know, uh, grow, where is he at in his growth and, and maturation? Like, you know, what, what does he need or mm-hmm. she need? Um, and what, what do they thrive in? Um, what, what do they want? Um, and, uh, so I, I think there's a lot that goes into it. I'm not going to sit here and say one's better than the other. Um, that being said, um, I have four kids of my own that aren't yet to this stage. They're younger. Um, but I, I also know um, that we are trying to raise them in such a way that um, um, is godly, mm-hmm. that um, um, has their own relationship with, with their creator, um, recognizes that, understands that. Um, and, and hopefully by the time they're of this age, they value that. Um, and because uh, I, m- you know, myself and their, their mother value that. And we value that for them. But again, when they're 18, um, we can't impose that on them um, or I, we shouldn't impose that on them. And we can help guide them and direct them and, and want to push them in a certain direction. Great. But ultimately, um, uh, I hope it's, it's, it's instilled in them that they value that just as much as us. And so I think um, if I had to just say Christian or non-Christian, I would want my kids to go to a Christian school. I think there's a lot of value in that. I think the mm-hmm. relationships that they build there are going to be different and and fruitful. Um, I think you know we can trust more what is being uh, taught there, what's being yeah. um, uh, you know from professors and this or that. You know, w- w- when we can trust what's what's being taught and shared and developed, I think that's a big deal. And and um, you know, in public education and higher education. Um, there's a lot of different things out there. Mm-hmm. Um, can some kids take that in and take the good and leave the rest? And yeah, sure. Uh, you know, some kids are mature in that way. And um, other kids may take some of that stuff and say, you know what? They are right, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, it, it's it's definitely based on the school, the kid, this or that. But me personally, I value the Christian education. I, I really do. And, and the people that are there and – um, what, what comes from that. So, yeah. And I, I was talking with a friend of mine who has three daughters who are out of college now, and he was saying they all went to Christian schools and one of them just doesn't believe in God anymore, mm-hmm. even though she went to a Christian college. Sure. And so I think it's important for us as parents to remember that obviously we can prepare our kids the best we can, but what they end up deciding, it doesn't matter if they go to a Christian school or not, they're still going to make their choice mm-hmm. of what to believe. And sometimes going to a Christian school isn't going to protect that. Oh, for sure. Um, for and sure. Jean, that, that reminds me of, of something you were talking about before we hit record, and it was the amount of uh, almost responsibility we put on the schools 
to shape our children? Yeah, I think we, we, we do that to schools, and I think we do it to churches too, right? Mm-hmm. Hey, I want my kid to be a Christian, so church, you take care of that. Christian school, you take <laughs> care of that. And those can be very helpful resources. A healthy church says, yeah, we want to be part of discipling your kid. Mm-hmm. A healthy Christian school says, yeah, we're part of that. But parent, you're primary, right? And yeah. a healthy church and a school, in my opinion, are assisting the parent in that because the parent's primary, especially mm-hmm. when the kids are little. So you got to step back to the big, big picture. What's our job? It's to raise our kids to fear and and to know the Lord. And Mm -hmm. we can't guarantee the result of that, but it's to point the path to them. It's to demonstrate the gospel, hopefully in forgiveness and being open with our own sin and failures that we demonstrate why we need a savior, you know, and we model it. Um, What we ended up doing has worked well for us, and that's to have a bit of both Christian education, public education through the thing. We started in in Christian when kids were really little because to have a kindergarten teacher tell our kids about Jesus and that God is present in math and music and all these things in the Bible is the sort – like that was tremendous. In fact, Mrs. Tag, Marshall's wife, was one of our (laughs) kids' first teachers. She was amazing. And Miss Miss Ousley and like we – these people had huge influence on our kids' life. Mm -hmm. Personally, for Mindy and I, we had the conviction we wanted to be in a public high school because we Mm -hmm. wanted – we viewed our job as parents is to help our kids be ready to live in the real world as adults. And how, in in our mind, at least at the time, how can we do that well if you don't experience in public school because you might be at a public college, you might be at a company that's, you know, you just got to be ready for it in the world. Um, And then for us, charter school, junior high years, we did Great Hearts, was kind of like a blend. It was a way to transition from private Christian, still really good values and a little, you know, tighter ship, if you will, but get ready for public school. Part of why I encouraged my daughter, Abby chose a Christian school for college, Mm. and I'm super stoked about that, really excited, is because she went to a public high school, and particularly the last couple of years post-COVID, the spiritual influences, young life and church, haven't been as much of a part of her life, partly because mm-hmm. of volleyball on her schedule, partly just because of COVID and, and what happened around that season. And so for her, getting back to a biblical worldview, world I just think that's exciting. And I think she'd respond well to it. David, has my son, has a great faith, but I don't think for him a Christian college would have been as helpful. Again, it's, it's mm. just different. Where do you learn? Uh, I, there could have been some real challenges there. And it, maybe it could have worked. It's different for every kid. But I think kind of knowing them and in what environments and how do they grow spiritually, that's important as well. So I'm, I'm super glad she chose that. But we looked at public schools. She compared them both. And I was personally leaning and hoping she would choose a Christian school. But, you know, we really truly said, this is your decision. You, you've got to live with this. I told her, if you go to public school, the most important thing is that you develop a, a lifelong relationship with Jesus. And mm-hmm. you can do that at a public school. You just have to take more initiative. You mm-hmm. have to go find the faith communities. You have to go, you know, whereas at a Christian school, it's going to be teed up a little bit more for you and more kids are going to be doing it. Now, there's also dangers and downsides to Christian school related yeah. to that. But either way, Abby, you're responsible for your faith. It's your job to pursue God. And you can do that lots of different places. It's just going to be different, the feel of that. And I felt like our job was to educate or what that would feel like because I went to a public university and I went to Christian school in my whole life. Um, so I can tell you what that's like. Right. You know, and, and our job was to educate her mm-hmm. and kind of give her the options and show her and say, hey, based on that, what do you think is best? Mm-hmm. And the other thing is I tried to ask her questions that were long term. So instead of just thinking short term, what does the, you know, dorm look like or mm-hmm. this or, you know, what's the volleyball is important. But 10 years, here's what I tried to say. Abby, think about 10 years from now, 20 years from now. I know that's hard for you to do, so I'll try and help you. What are the things that are really going to shape who you are, you know? Mm. 
And that's, I think, important because we often get distracted by short-term stuff. What's the prestige of the school? Mm -hmm. What's this or that? What's colors the thing? What's the logo? You know, or like how competitive are they in the conference? And, you know, she wants to compete to play sports. But one thing, uh, and I think I shared this with you um, a little while back when when we'd have these conversations was, um, and, and, uh, you know, I coached college basketball for a long time so i was i was kind of on the other side of things helping kids figure out where they want to go to school talking to parents about um this this decision and and all that kind of stuff but uh, i would always pose this question you know whether it's christian you know private public whatever it is make sure of this one thing make sure whatever school you choose there is that one person or two people or three people however many you know one two three whatever at that school that's going to love for you and care for you. If you can't find, or you are, if you're not confident there's that person there or persons, then I'd say go find somewhere else where you do find that. Um, and because I think that's really what's in, important because, you know, as we get older, the less relationships that we have, um, especially as males. Um, and, you know, if you go into a college or, or, or even a job or whatever it is, if, if there's not that one person that's going to speak, you know, life into you um, from personal experiences and, and whatnot, um, maybe it's time to look for somewhere else. I, I think that's one of the most important things is, is are you confident there is that person, that mentor, that coach, um, whoever it is, um, they're going to be there for you, to care for you? Um, and, and coming from a parent, um, I think that's really important too. I mean, if if you didn't get a sense of that, you wouldn't probably feel as comfortable, you know, with Abby going across the country to to Georgia. Totally. Um, you know, and 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 so I, th- I think your confidence in knowing that there's you know a coach, um, maybe even another player that's there, you know, whoever it is that's 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 going to help Abby be you know uh, the woman God created her to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's a, the biggest mistake I see a lot of parents making is they're making too many decisions for their kids by the time mm-hmm. they're 16, 17, 18. And I've made that mistake. It's a very easy and tempting mistake because as parents, we want things to go great for our kid. And so we tell them what to do. And I was telling you this earlier, Daniel, one of the best pieces of advice parenting that somebody gave me a long time ago is when kids are little, you should be telling them what to do. It's very appropriate. You have a two-year-old, a four-year-old, a five-year-old, very appropriate. You tell them what to do. Tie your shoes, do this, don't do that. If you're still doing that by the time you have a teenager, you have a major problem. Mm -hmm. And what the encouragement from these great mentors to us were, you need to start asking questions. And by the time they're 16, 17, 18, there should be very little telling what to do and lots of asking questions. Mm. Why are you doing that? What's important to you? What do you think that's going to result? How's that working out for you? Asking questions is really powerful and then equipping. So it was really tempting to like do college volleyball emails for Abby Mm -hmm. or, you know, go do the research for her or do this or call (laughs) the coach for her or whatever. And not that I didn't get involved at times. I certainly did. But we tried to. Say, Abby, this is your thing. You you send the emails. You go research well, and, the schools. And on the coach's side of it, from being there, um, I know when a parent writes an email. <laughs> and I know when a player writes an email. Um, it's really as clear as day as when we're sitting in a, in, a, in a room together talking. When a parent talks the whole time, that says something to me. When a player speaks up and talks, that, that speaks louder and speaks more to me. Um, and you can read that through emails, too. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's really hard with different kids. So David, he, he would automatically be doing that. 
Abby, her temperament was quiet and shy as a kid. Mm -hmm. And so she would often look to us and defer. What what are you going to say, dad? Or what are you going to do? But I had to bite my tongue so many times, blood coming out of my mouth. She'd look at me (laughs) and I'd be like, got nothing for you. You asked the coach, you know, and, and I mess it up many times, but I knew, I knew that we had erred on the right side of that ultimately. And and I was also trying hard to not tell her what to do. You know, as Mm -hmm. guys, we want to fix, we want to tell her advice. I'm a super wordy fix it guy. I want to tell everybody what they should do. It's my, you know, it's just an easy mistake I do all the time. And with my daughter, especially, I'm really working on and saying, Lord, help me just ask her questions, help me empathize, help me walk with her in this and not try and tell her what to do. It's so Mm -hmm. hard. But, um, this was the moment of success and exciting moment for me. I'd been, again, bloody mouth, biting my tongue, blah, blah, blah. And eventually, Abby wanted to decide before we headed to this tournament because a bunch of coaches were going to be there. And she's like, I really want to decide. And, and again, bite my tongue again. And I go, well, how can we support you? Mm-hmm. And I've been just trying to ask her that question as often, just questions, variations on that and stuff. And she finally goes, I want you guys to tell me what you think. She mm-hmm. looked at Mindy, my wife, and she looked at me. And I knew that was the moment. Okay, we've waited long enough. She's asking us for that. Now is the time. So yeah. Mindy said what she was going to say. I said what I was going to say. And here's what she said. I was so thankful for this moment. My daughter goes, thank you, guys. That was really helpful. I've made my decision. <laughs> it was so awesome. It was so exciting. That's and great. it kind of made all the pain of that wait, 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 ask questions it really was like, I think, for parents that are struggling through that, look forward to that day, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, and then when your kids actually really want to know advice and what you think, they're ready for it. Mm-hmm. And um, it's hard. Yeah. But we're rewarding. Can't imagine. I have <laughs> four kids, two of them are girls. <laughs> uh, you're staying next to home. <laughs> Super for tempting sure. to want yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, I remember when Abby was little um, – they were driving around, and my wife asked her, Abby, do you want to be a mom someday? And Abby yeah. goes, nah, it looks like a lot of driving. I don't want to do that. <laughs> a lot of driving. Looks yep. like a lot of driving. Yep. Looks kind of hard. Yep. I don't want a minivan. <laughs> um, John, you wrote down three kind of practical steps. Um, can we just rapid fire those? Yeah. Three bullet points? Totally. Totally. And I think we've really already fleshed them out, but let's just boil them down yeah. to those those yeah. points. Before I forget, can I make a book recommendation? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think you might put this in the show notes, but it's mm-hmm. called The Case Against Education by Brian mm-hmm. Kaplan. Here's the subtitle. This will offend a lot of people. Sorry, in advance. Sorry, not sorry. Why <laughs> the Education System is a Waste of Time and Money. Uh, it's a really interesting book. He's a polarizing guy, but he's onto some really interesting things. And if you are a listener and you're going, I'm stuck in that, you got to go to college. College is worth it, big money. Read this. It'll challenge you, but I think you might see there's a lot of truth in it. So it's a great book. Yeah. Uh, but your question, what uh, what are the practical tips? I would say it's this. Have them work. We mentioned that. Mm-hmm. Job experience counts. Mm-hmm. Know your kids. Every kid's different. Yeah. Have them learn about the options. Gap year. Trade school. We didn't really talk about trade school, but EBIT, welding, mm-hmm. um, plumbing, HVAC. There's all kinds of trades that are dying for workers, and you don't need a college degree. You can knock out some of these trades very quickly, and there's tremendous opportunities and needs in the world that aren't being met because everybody thinks, oh, I'm too good for that, or that's not traditional college, or I shouldn't do that. But some people are good at working with their hands and trades and building things and fixing things, and they should do it, like if that's what they're gifted. So anyways, yeah. know the options. Um, support them and ask questions. One we didn't mention is get assessments. So there's actually tests you can take that help your kids know their mm-hmm. giftings and their interests. Tons out there. Highly recommend them. Uh, Clifton Strengths is one that we use. It's great for teens. They have a teen version. And there's one called Colby Index that I like. 
And um, so good stuff out there. And then encourage them to build their network. Um, mm. So uh, Magi, my son, runs a nonprofit helping kids do this. It's magi-initiative.org. And one of the things they help kids do is get a LinkedIn account and start building their professional network even while they're in high school. So they know workers and people in different industries wow. and experts. And then you know you can hop on LinkedIn and, oh, I'm interested in such and such. Go search that. See who you're connected to. And sometimes it's a friend of a friend, right, like Facebook. And mm-hmm. so now all of a sudden – Kind of that old adage is not what you know, but who you know, right? So you mm-hmm. can figure out, man, I might be interested in this career path or this college or this thing. Who could I talk to? It's not my parents. Okay, well, now you have a network. So those are some practical tips I'd offer. Yeah, yeah. I think those are super helpful. Um, I think it really comes down to knowing our kids and not not taking responsibility for that choice, but but leaving it up to them. And just the, the stewardship aspect of it is providing the resources and the wisdom and the support. Mm-hmm. that our kids need. That's and our kids are away. different than us. That's hard. You know, we yeah. love our kids to do our thing and be like us. And in some ways they are, but in shocking and lots of different ways, they aren't. And that's God's design. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So rather than putting on our path or our job or the way we did it to be open to who they are, who God's made them to be in their path, it's it's hard to do because it requires stepping out of our own mindset sure. and bias. And, but it's it's incredible to see our kids become who who they are, different from us. It's awesome. We we just want to encourage you all, all, all you parents. You know, it's it's an amazing time to help our children through this. To see that moment of I've made my decision. Like, what a beautiful thing to see that that you've equipped your kids in such a way that that they're starting to make choices. Um, and and then the just the reminder from Marshall that. It, it's not a mistake. Whatever choice they make, it's not a mistake. It's a learning opportunity. So we just want to encourage you listeners with that. Uh, check out the show notes for the resources that we talked about today. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Thank you, John, for being here and sharing your story, your kids' stories. Thank you, Marshall, mm-hmm. for being who you are. <laughs> Thanks, Marshall. I appreciate you. Thanks, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks.